I love a good podcast, as you know, and I'm always happy to share resources for parents who are looking for creative, smart content that both entertains and offers enrichment for curious kids everywhere. So I'm happy to let you know about this awesome new show from the creators of the hit kids podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild, The Adventurous World of Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as Math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time, packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs. The series explores themes that kids like ours love, like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code breaking, pattern solving, and more. And episodes transport kids into iconic periods in history like Pythagoras's Ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England. So cool. New episodes drop every Thursday and are about 15 minutes long, a perfect length for those car rides, for meal times, for break times, and bedtimes. What I love about this show is that it's kind of like listening to a book on tape. The story is captivating and includes lots of problems listeners can try to solve. The voice actors are fantastic, and the math concepts are seamlessly weaved into the narrative. It's exactly the kind of show Ash would have loved a few years ago, especially during our homeschool years, because finding that perfect blend of entertaining and educating, it isn't always easy. So tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. We met because I called him and said, hello, Dr. Barry Prezant. He said, yeah. (laughs) I don't even know how I got your phone number, frankly. Uh, We have the same publisher. Maybe that was it. But I said, you don't know me. My name's Dave and I love you. And, <laughs> and so apparently that's what I said. So he sat down and was like, I'm listening. Welcome to Tilt Parenting, a podcast featuring interviews and conversations aimed at inspiring, informing, and supporting parents raising differently wired kids. I'm your host, Debbie Reber. This week, I'm excited to bring you a conversation with Dr. Barry Prezant and Dave Finch about their new podcast, Uniquely Human, titled after Barry's revolutionary book, Uniquely Human, A Different Way of Seeing Autism. Uniquely Human, the podcast, continues the conversation the book started on autism and neurodiversity by amplifying the voices of autistic individuals and thought leaders and provides insightful, cutting-edge, and practical information about the autistic experience. Barry Prezant is one of the world's leading and innovative authorities on autism, who has found a naturally complimentary co-host in writer and creative consultant Dave Finch, who himself was diagnosed as being on the autism spectrum as an adult, and is the author of a wonderful book, The Journal of Best Practices, a memoir of marriage, Asperger syndrome, and one man's quest to be a better husband. Our conversation covers a lot of ground as Barry and Dave tell us about the respective books. Dave provides insight into the key to his relationship with wife Kristen after receiving his Asperger diagnosis a few years after they got married. And then Barry and David tell us all about their unique collaboration, how the Uniquely Human podcast came about and the vision they have for the show. If you haven't heard my previous conversation with Barry Prezant, please be sure to check out Tilt Parenting episode number 99, where we have a deep conversation about his book, Uniquely Human. All right, and now here is my conversation with Dave and Barry. Hey, Barry and Dave, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks, Dave. So now we're going to do this dance where there's two guests and one host, but we'll work it out. So if you're a longtime listener of this podcast, you've heard Barry talk about his book, Uniquely Human. Dave is a new guest to the show. So I want to spend just a little bit at the head of this conversation talking about each of your books. So Barry, you wrote the book, Uniquely Human, A Different Way of Seeing Autism, which you know, you were recently even in my book club for my membership community. I'm a big fan of that book and still consider it to be very breakthrough in terms of the books that are available for parents and caregivers and anyone who wants to better understand autism. So can you just tell us a little bit about that book and why you wrote it and, and how it's been received in the, the world? Sure. It's been uh, more than five years, which is hard to believe since that book has been out. 
And it's basically a storybook of all the things that I've learned from people on the spectrum, from parents, uh, from children, um, because I've had the opportunity to work and be in many different situations, everything from a camp counselor to a university professor to working in a hospital to a parent retreat weekend we've been doing for 25 years. And the purpose of the book really was, um, I guess you could say, to challenge a lot of the myths and to challenge a lot of the stereotypes of the experience of autism. I am not a person on the spectrum. So um, I just pulled from, you know, all of the people I've known over the years and especially the last 10 to 15 years. And I think this is illustrated in our new Uniquely Human podcasts that um, I, I so value learning from people on the spectrum. Uh, but I really try to always try to be very clear. I wasn't trying to sugarcoat autism. I was definitely trying to present a more positive point of view than most of what you hear and most of what you read. But I was trying to kind of right the playing field to have more of a balance. So I do talk about the challenges, but I also talk about the joys, how fascinating so many people and kids on the spectrum are to really understand that it's not just quote unquote, you know, disability or challenge um, only in the social area or sensory as many people think, but it's really a different way of organizing information of seeing the world and of relating to people and understanding people. Um, and I definitely lean towards, you know, feeling that it's a different way. It's in many ways, it's not just less than or deficient. So, so that was the purpose of the book. And it's been embraced very, very broadly um, from parents of newly diagnosed kids to parents of adult children to um, one of the things that's most gratifying for me, it's been so widely embraced by autistic people. That's actually how I met Dave initially. But uh, yeah, it, so it's been a wonderful trip and the, and the journey still continues. It's actually, you know, I'll just say it, it's selling more now than it did when it came out. It, it, it's a word of mouth book and the word of mouth and the community is just expanding. And that's also the reason that we decided to do the podcast to keep the conversation going. Yeah. And for listeners, if you haven't heard my original uh, interview with Barry, I will leave the links in the show notes. You should definitely check it out because we go very deeply into the book. And again, it it really impacted me when I read it because it just felt like such a strengths-based approach and a unique way of encouraging parents to reframe their thinking um, when they might learn that their child is on the spectrum and also just the experience you have. I mean, your stories, it's just such a lovely read. So, okay. And Dave, I'm newer to your work. I just listened to your book, uh, which is The Journal of Best Practices, A Memoir of Marriage, Asperger Syndrome, and One Man's Quest to Be a Better Husband, which was a New York Times bestseller. You were in O Magazine. Like This was a, a big book. So can you tell us a little bit about why you wrote it? And yeah, similarly, how it was received. Sure. And it's... Uh funny to me and humbling to, to hear you refer to it as my work. Like I see Barry as having uh, achieved a body of work over a span of a career. Uh, my quote, finger quotes work is uh, just trying to make people laugh. And that's why I wrote the book. <laughs> so uh, I was diagnosed uh, at age 30. Uh, I'd been married for several years. We had two kids, had a job, uh, had a mortgage, and everything was very uh, typical looking on the outside. But uh, my wife knew better. She was working within a sort of a contained program in a school district as a speech language pathologist. And at the time, she was already a huge fan of Dr. Prezant, unbeknownst to me. And uh, I had no tie-in with, with autism as far as I knew. Uh, but then she started working with kids with Asperger syndrome uh, before it was eradicated by the D <laughs> by the DSM. So she was working with kids with Aspergers and um, meeting their parents. And that's when she started to realize, like, you know, uh, our marriage at the time was really unraveling on rocky shores, we'll say. But it was it was pretty bleak. We weren't connected. We weren't we didn't even feel like friends anymore. Um, and we'd only been married for about five short years at this point. And um, we we're having a very difficult time. And she realized like, you know what? Dave's behaviors 
for as long as I've known him, really resemble the behaviors of some of these parents that I'm meeting or some of these kiddos with Asperger's. And while autism, you know, there were no big red flags at that time for her. Like she, she wouldn't say that, hey, you, uh, I would diagnose you with autism if I were a doctor because the population she was working with had uh, certain degrees of impairments in, in very specific areas that I didn't have. Um, so <laughs> she sat me down and gave me a quiz that introduced me to the notion that I am consistent with the Asperger profile. Uh, so then I went and saw a shrink and, and they stamped me approved and I uh, got my autism card. So um, learning about that gave me an opportunity to focus on, yes, our marriage does uh, frankly suck right now and uh, I would love to make it better. And, and maybe there's a connection between some of these behaviors that are the result of my own wiring, you know, and how I experience the world and react to it. And maybe there's kind of, if I can bridge that gap and learn the behaviors that might make me a more palatable husband, then maybe our marriage can get back on track. But it also gave my wife, Kristen, the opportunity to look at me and say, well, if you look at just the behaviors and you don't consider why the behaviors are happening, and you're married to these behaviors, it's very easy to look at a partner and say, this guy's an a-hole, <laughs> right? And I totally uh, admit that. But uh, in the diagnostic period in my life, she was able to look at me and say, yeah, he appears to be an a-hole, but not willfully so. And it was the first time she had this moment of, it's not willful, it's just how you're wired. And immediately that makes you not an a-hole, right? It's, 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 there's no intent, you know, Barry talks about communicative intent. Um, I guess I would call it, I have no a-hole intentions usually. Um, and, uh, so I got to work on that. Kristen started working on her own thoughts, um, around what a marriage was supposed to look like and what a husband was, how a husband was supposed to show up. She did a lot of thought work on herself. I did a lot of behavioral work on myself and, um, we righted the ship. And so I, I wrote a book about it specifically to make people laugh because I thought it was a hilarious story about a marriage. And it was the autism community that really embraced the book and said, here's a guy who it's finally a positive outcome. It's like a positive narrative on this sort of neurologically mixed marriage that so many people have. And um, I'm finding out, I'm still receiving emails from people saying that, you know, my wife and I are in couples therapy and the, uh, the therapist gave us your book as homework. So my book was basically the story of me engineering these, what I called best practices to become a better husband. And now apparently marriage and family therapists have gotten to this idea and now they're handing it out to their clients. And I think it's funny because I didn't write it to be a prescriptive book. I wrote it to make people laugh, but it's helping people. And, um, I think sometimes as the writer, you don't get to decide what people see in the writing. Well, it is very funny. It's also very honest. You know, I've written many books. I've written some that are more personal than others, but I'm listening and I'm like, wow, it just, I feel like it was very brave to be so honest in your writing. And I think that's why it's so powerful. And I will say also listeners, check out Dave's book. The link will be in the show notes pages because I too hear from so many parents in my community who have discovered their own differently wiredness, their own neurodifferences through going through the diagnostic process with their children. Uh, their marriages are really struggling and, and it's hard, you know, it, it's really hard. And, and I feel like your book provides hope. It provides a window into how this can work. And I, we're going to talk about your podcast in a second, but let me just ask you one more question about this. If there are listeners who are like, oh my gosh, this is, you know, my partner's on the spectrum or, but he or she isn't maybe as willing as, as you were to really go in and do that work and get curious and, about how to kind of hack yourself for this relationship. So what words of wisdom or encouragement could you provide to listeners in that circumstance? Ah, that's a, this is a great question. Um, a diagnosis and embracing your neurological culture, we'll say, isn't for everyone. And I think sometimes, uh, in my case, I was hyper-motivated to, to make these changes because I, I grew up in a very happy 
leave it to beaver household and and uh, everything was fantastic so i wanted that in my adult life was a very happy harmonious um very close relationship with my wife and so uh, i was hyper motivated in that way and um what i'm finding is as i do a lot of speaking engagements around relationships and we'll say self hacking i really like that phrase i hadn't heard that before i'm going to i'm going to borrow that from you but um the the best words of wisdom i have are coming from my wife kristen actually and um what i learned about her experience being married to a difficult partner who wanted to change she still had her own work to do which was i'm not going i'm going to stop placing expectations on dave for how i need him to show up in order for me to feel good about my context my relationship my situation whatever and um that's easier said than done i know that i don't know if i could actually do it to the extent that she's been able to do it but i think for partners who are married to a sort of tricky person and this is both sides because the if you take the perspective of the autistic individual the neurotypical partner is baffling and very difficult and unreasonable and i say that as somebody who has been forced to go to weddings and parties and uh other forms of traditional merriment so <laughs> you neurotypicals have fun wrong i'm telling you but um so we have we have learned that I need to show up in a way that makes me feel like I'm living my life the right way in in kind of in line with my values but Kristen really had the extremely heavy lifting of asking herself why do I need Dave of all people there's 7 billion people in the world so I could probably find the right match why do I need him to act in a checklist check all those boxes and then I'll be happy when if I can make myself happy and create a context that is fulfilling for me, I can free Dave up to be himself, to be grumpy when we have people over to the house, uh, to be itchy in the wrong sweaters, right? Like be you, I can love you for what that is because I don't need you to check all these other boxes. And that's the heavy lifting that I think gets a lot of couples to where they need to be. If they're looking at sort of a disconnect, it really is freeing up your partner from your expectations of them, frees you up to love them for who they are. And you fell in love with them for a reason. And um, I think that's sort of the North Star. If people can see that and then point their ship in that direction, it's hard. It's it's every day is, is work. But um, there's also a lot of really great days. And I think that the number of great days eventually uh, wins, (laughs) you know, so it's, 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 it's a lot of work, but it's a worthy undertaking. And um, if you're committed to it and you're committed to the relationship, it it can work and, uh, and you can both be very happy. So I think we're, we're proof of that. And it's, it's, it's kind of cool, but like I said, it's, it's easier said than done. (laughs) And if I if I might add, if you see Dave and Kristen present together, then you see what Dave's talking about in real time. Like it's almost like there's a conscious decision around issues that you could go to a dark place, you could go to a heavy place, but just stepping back and that ability to have a kind of a meta look at what's going on, and then point pointing out kind of the absurdity in some cases or the humor in some cases. Um, and the lightness. And, and, and it's interesting because maybe this is a, a little bit of a stretch, but I find parents of differently wired kids, parents of kids on the spectrum, humor helps them get through so many circumstances rather than going down the dark path. They, they like the absurdity of what's going on. <laughs> yes. And there is a lot of absurdity. This is, that's the great thing about autism by itself, not funny neurotypicality by itself definitely not funny but the 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 tension of opposites when you get a neurologically mixed group is hilarious so um that's a really good point barry he's like kristen and i both laugh at things now that were very difficult to laugh at for the period of we'll be right back after this quick break If you listen to this show, you probably know that at least one in five children is differently wired. But did you know that approximately one in two women will experience hair thinning? 
If you're part of that 50%, you are absolutely not alone. But because hair thinning for women isn't something people openly talk about, going through it can feel lonely and frustrating. So why not do something about it with Nutrafol? Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. Everyone's root causes of hair thinning are different, so a one-size-fits-all approach to hair growth isn't going to cut it. Nutrafol has multiple formulas tailored to give your hair what it needs to grow throughout different stages, postpartum, menopause, even for different lifestyles like a plant-based diet. To get your personalized hair health plan based on your specific root causes, you can take a simple hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com. And because there's no prescription required, you can quickly get set up online with free shipping and automated deliveries, which make it so much easier to stick with your new hair care routine. See results in three to six months. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code TILT. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code TILT. That's Nutrafol.com promo code TILT. This year, I've been working on becoming more attuned to my body, and so I'm starting to really recognize how periodic spikes in anxiety or disruptions to my routines can seriously throw my whole system off. And as I've been traveling a ton this past month, which is both disruptive and somewhat stressful, I'm especially glad that I have the extra support of Symbiotic Plus, a three-in-one supplement from Ritual with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and a postbiotic to support a balanced gut microbiome. Symbiotic Plus provides fuel to the cells that make up the gut lining to support a healthy gut barrier. And it comes in this very cool minty delayed release capsule, which was specifically designed to help survive the harsh conditions of the upper GI tract for delivery to the colon. The bonus is that the capsules don't need to be refrigerated, so I can easily bring them with me in my carry-on. On a personal level, I love that Ritual is committed to sustainability. They're a female-founded B Corp, meaning they are holding themselves accountable long-term to not only think about their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. There's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com tilt. Start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com tilt for 25% off. And, and, and just to be clear, um, I'm not talking about when there's real suffering. Right, right. When, when a child has physical pain or a child has such extreme anxiety that they, they can't even get out of the basement. But I'm talking about all of those other issues that sometimes get blown up into huge issues. And some people make the decision we're not going to go to that path on that. So. That's right. And, and isn't that the crux of marriage. Like we can, we can take Asperger's and autism right out of my book. And at the end of the day, it's relationships. Yeah. hundred percent. Uh, well, thank you for, for that response. And in, in your answer too, I, I'm getting a glimpse into why you two as a partnership probably work so well. I mean, I've heard your podcast so far and I know, I know that you do work well together. So can you talk about your your relationship, you know, how you connected and how you decided we need to do something together. Well, I'll start and then I'll pass it on to Dave. We came to together because of a project that failed miserably. <laughs> That's a great start. <laughs> most most of the stories involving me begin that way. <laughs> <laughs> so, so without getting into the weeds, um, there was a vision to develop this this great center. And two of the people, actually, it was part of Dave's vision with another person. And, and basically what happened was things did not come out the way everybody had wished for it to come out. And everybody kind of went their separate ways after about a, what, a year and a half, two years of planning. Yeah, right. And, and so uh, I got to meet Dave, you know, in, in the planning process. Uh, but Dave originally contacted me. And correct me if I'm wrong on this day, because you and the other person saw some things in Uniquely Human, which had, you know, recently come out, and it kind of resonated with kind of the mission of what the center was supposed to be. 
Yeah, saw some things might be minimizing a tad. Uh, <laughs> I, I read the book and thought this is, if neurodiversity were a religion, this would be the Bible or the Torah or whatever you want to. It's it, it was that important um, that finally somebody was offering a balanced perspective on positive outcomes and uh, meeting the individual where they were at. And so this nonprofit organization that we were trying to stand up uh, together with with a bunch of other people, um, that was really sort of the, the main narrative of that that global center for the the advancement of neurodiversity. And um, I called, I, I wasn't aware of this, but Barry reminded me a few weeks ago that we met because I called him and said, hello, Dr. Barry Prezant. He said, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how I got your phone number, frankly. Uh, we have the same publisher. Maybe that was it. But I said, you don't know me. My name's Dave and I love you. And, <laughs> and so apparently that's what I said. So he sat down and was like, I'm listening. And <laughs> so I said, I got roped into building a, a nonprofit thing and, and I don't know anything about this, but I know your book is right on the money and uh, uh, I'd like you to, to join us. And, uh, and so since I met Barry, um, I have, it, it's very odd. I'm, I'm quite gullible and naive and, and in, in many ways, socially, not the sharpest tack, but uh, Barry, I've always felt extremely comfortable with. Uh, uh, immediate trust because he sees you and you're safe in his presence. There aren't missteps. Um, you are who you are. And it's, it's wonderful. And, and I've always had this sort of fondness for our time together. If we would talk for 15 minutes at a conference in meeting in passing or uh, talking on the phone for a couple hours. So I'll speak for Barry. It sounded like uh, earlier this year, I posted something on Facebook because I I also write, engineer, produce, and host a couple other podcasts. And um, I posted something on Facebook about this technology podcast I'm doing. And and he said, oh, you're involved in podcasting. I've thought about doing that. We should, what do you think about doing a show together? And I, I just, yes, it doesn't matter what the parameters are. Yeah, if it's with you, I'll do it 100%. And we launched the first episode five episodes ago, and um, it's been wonderful. Barry's mind for topics around autism, neurodiversity, child development, um, communicative situations, or communication, I should say, situations, is uh, his, his brain just works on um, the accelerators always down to the mat and in every direction. So he's, he's just got so many ideas. And if I can help to sort of be a a conduit that gets those ideas in front of even more people, I think it's it's been really enjoyable for me to to work with them in that way. Yeah, and I want I really want to point out that you know it wasn't so much oh Dave who I've met does podcasts okay let's do a podcast. I've been thinking about doing a podcast for about three years. Um, people who know me and have seen me present say you know you just kind of explain complex things in ways that people could understand and, and you're a natural to do a podcast. And I said, well, it has to be the right situation and working with the right people. Um, and I never really thought that I would do it as a partnership. I mean, truly, you know, co-hosting, you know, 50, 50, we're in there. And uh, then when I realized that it was a little bit of a, an epiphany, I didn't know Dave had done that. Um, that he's an audiophile, my goodness, and he's already has a lot of experience. And then it was like, okay, the moment has come. So when I first asked you about it, I was well into my third year you know, <laughs> about thinking about doing a podcast, but it never seemed the right place, the right person, and the trust. That's huge. I think the worst situation would be to get into something as intimate as that. Even if the other person's not co-hosting, there's an intimacy around what are they going to edit? What are they going to leave in? What are they going to take out? And so it's just worked beautifully. And it's been fun. It's been it fun. is fun. It is fun because I, I, neither one of us is particularly precious about ourselves. Uh, we just want, my wife has a great expression. Uh, she wants to do things that are of service. And I think that, you know, Barry and I, this pod, the spirit of the podcast is being of service. And I, 
Debbie, I don't know if you've ever seen one of Barry's in-person uh, presentations, which he does like 3000 a year or something. He's <laughs> minus the COVID year, which is a big asterisk. He's constantly on the road all over the world presenting and, and advocating. But as soon as he gets off stage, the line to see him is 500 people deep. And the podcast, I think, is an opportunity for that post on stage conversation to continue to take the the stories the the wisdom that's contained in a in that static book like you start with the book but this allows you to then explore further and and get more nuance and more more information and and so having I think that the fun thing for me about the podcast is it gives people that access to Barry and his wisdom um, and again I'm 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 there uh, just having a good time so I, I have the selfish end of the bargain where I get to sit there and just crack jokes. <laughs> It's good. A yin and yang thing going on. And as someone who's been, I'm almost at five years of doing this podcast weekly. So wow. it's a, a little relentless, but I can also appreciate how nice it must be to have a partner in crime uh, to do this, to keep it fun and, and just to have that collaboration. So you talked about going deeper into the concepts of uniquely human. What's kind of your, how would you summarize the types of conversations that you're having, maybe talk about some of your guests and really what you're hoping the audience takes away from your show. Well, we are casting the net broadly. There's no doubt about that. And, and we speak about that. Um, so for example, you know, we have a great mind who's not a therapist or clinician, Steve Silberman, um, author of Neurotribes, um, who's a friend of actually both of us. Uh, all the way to, you know, having parents talking about their children's enthusiasms, uh, bringing a little lightness. Um, and that allows us, and, and I think one of the things I was hoping for, and it's happening, is that it allows us to validate, especially for family members and parents, to validate their own perceptions um, and intuitions about their family member uh, that they don't get from other places, especially deficit models. So we've had a blast with some enthusiasms, everything from a youngster who loves Rocky and Creed movies and dresses up like them. And when he gets tense and stressed out, he goes and punches a bag and, and he's memorized all the lines from the movies. Uh, <laughs> to birds, you know, a, a young man who loves birds. And we have some more, you know, lined up and we encourage parents and family members to go to our website, which is just uniquelyhuman.com and fill out a form and send us the enthusiasm. So we try to keep things light. We say that explicitly. We want a lightness. But then, you know, with some of the interviews we've had with people on the spectrum, incredible self-advocates, it gets a little more deep into some of the great, great challenges, like Becca Laurie Hector, um, especially some people who've been diagnosed as an adults, but their lives were miserable before hearing the diagnosis. So we... My point is that we stretch far and wide because we want to really pull in as many people as possible. Absolutely. And we're always evolving. I mean, we're always talking about, oh, can we add? Because the, the, just in a nutshell, the podcast is structured in a particular way. The first half tends to be somebody we're interviewing on a particular topic or who they are and what they've done. And then we shift where it's Dave and I, or we have our little segment on enthusiasms. We have takeaways. We're thinking of adding a point-counterpoint to have different perspectives. So we're evolving. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the evolution is fun because it, very much like this podcast, it's organic and it's, it's for the audience. I don't think not, neither one, neither Barry nor I are really interested in patting ourselves on the back and really hearing our own voices. It's more about um, like the evolution of our conversations, and we're both kind of clocking it in real time is happening because as well as we already know each other, as we get to know each other, we're starting to realize that we have different perspectives on things, not all out like disagreements, but I'm accessing his wisdom and saying, Oh, I never thought of using different language to describe what was going on. Like that's, there's a, there's a more proactive or, or more productive language that we could be using. And I think he's accessing my uh, dimwitted simplicity. <laughs> is that fair to say where i think he he's looking at things 
I think he can, he can understand that if you're not a clinician, like I'm the farthest thing from a clinician, I have some pretty dumb questions. And, and I think my questions are representative of what most of the listeners listening to this thing as parents of newly diagnosed children, they have the same questions that I do only because I don't pay attention to the fact that I'm on the spectrum until we do an interview like this. And somebody reminds me and I think, Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. But I don't, I don't wear it like a, I don't go out into the day. Like I'm ready to start my autistic day. I wake up in the morning and I say, I want to make my eggs and I want to get to work. And so anyway, I, I think, I think that summarizes uh, or that characterizes why our conversations are so diverse and eclectic. But one thing that I think we do really well, and I will pat myself on the back and say this, one thing I think that we both do really well is we keep a narrative line on the episodes. So we don't stumble into topics. Uh, Barry and I will, will discuss topics, guests, and perspectives for a couple weeks before we turn on the microphones. And, uh, and it's fun. I know Barry's a, a drummer. I'm a musician. And it's the same way that you would create music with a band. It's like somebody has to hear this. So rather than winging it, um, we can still be improvisational, which we are. But the essence of improvisation is having a vocabulary and a point of view. And I think we compose our episodes and our conversations very much the way musicians would compose music. It's, it's, it's a fun project. We'll be right back after this quick break. So in our house these days, Darren and I have been working together to uplevel our nutrition and healthy lifestyle habits. Maybe it's our age, our changing bodies, my shifting hormones, whatever the reason, I'm here for it. And that's why I'm loving Green Chef, a meal company that makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle. Green Chef offers gut-friendly recipes each week and is committed to providing a holistic approach to nutrition by offering meals that contribute to the overall well-being of your entire body. Darren and I are particularly big fans of their nutrient-dense, science-backed gut and brain health recipes, developed in partnership with registered dietitians that improve digestion, reduce bloat, and also boost energy and immunity. This week's favorites? turkey, black bean, and sweet potato chili, and the Baja chicken bowls with mango salsa. I mean, don't those sound delicious? But if that's not your thing, you can choose from a variety of customized meals to suit your lifestyles with preferences like keto, vegan, vegetarian, fast and fit, Mediterranean, gluten-free, and protein-packed. Whatever you choose, you'll get farm-fresh ingredients, organic whole fruits and veggies, and premium proteins, along with chef-crafted, nutritionist-approved recipes delivered straight to your door. Go to greenchef.com slash 60tilt and use code 60tilt to get 60% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's 60% off plus 20% off your next two months when you use the code 60tilt at greenchef.com slash 60tilt. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. I'm on the road this month and oh man, am I missing my sweet kitties, Haskell and Lua. They've been a part of our family for more than two years and I'm so grateful they're keeping Darren such good company while I'm away. If you're getting a new pet soon, you're probably already thinking about everything you'll need to buy. Food, toys, a cozy bed, doggy bags or litter boxes. Something you may not be thinking about though is pet insurance. That's why you should check out ASPCA Pet Health Insurance. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care they may need. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. They allow you to customize your plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are, because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash parenting. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash parenting. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash parenting. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. And speaking of composing, I mean, I think the other thing that's begun to happen, it's going to continue happening, is people that we have both run into in our lives and our careers, we could pull them in. So 
our music and Dave such does such an incredible job. I mean, I know Matt Savage, the jazz musician on the spectrum. Matt's well into his 20s now. I know him since he was nine or 10 years of age when he was a little guy. I mean, and now he's a world renowned jazz composer and musician, and we're using all of his music. We got in touch with him so we could celebrate his music. And Dave does an incredible job at, at you know, kind of looking at all of his CDs, all of his recordings and pulling them in. Now, it's also happening with an old friend of yours for a future podcast. Do you want to talk about that a little? Yeah, that's another. Um, this also speaks to your question, Debbie, about um, sort of characterizing the, the nature of the conversations that we're having. If we had an elevator pitch, what would it be? Um, my good friend, uh, his name is Mike Kregler, Michael Carmine Kregler. And uh, right now he's um, he's been a, uh, a professor at uh, Providence College, right, in Rhode Island. And um, they had a child uh, on the spectrum and uh, learned about this just a couple of years ago. So I connected him to Barry. And uh, Mike is a jaw-droppingly amazing uh, composer. And he composed this beautiful choral piece for his son. And he incorporates recordings of his son's vocalizations and babbling and just sounds of of, uh, childhood into the choral piece and uh, so we're going to have him on uh, as a guest to talk about what that's like as a as a parent to have multiple children. and One of them happens to have an autism diagnosis. So we truly get to pull exactly who we want to pull into the podcast mm-hmm. and hear their perspective. And it's sort of like, I think the podcast is like an opportunity to have a really great dinner party a couple times a month with the best people that you know in your life. That's the best way to describe it. And it, it, it feels like that um, because that's kind of the spirit that, that we approach this with. Yeah, we're, we're also making sure we get the voices of autistic people and not just the people who've published books and give lectures. So whenever possible, and this has started for our enthusiasms. Um, one, the first enthusiasm, it was the mom pretty much talking. And we just had a little bit of the youngster's voice. Um, recent enthusiasm, um, we had the young man talking about birds. And, and, and so again, we want the voices of kids and people of all abilities. You know, somebody that if you're a teacher, you know, in middle school, you know, put on a kid who kind of talks like one of your students <laughs> who's 12 years old. Um, and, and so that's important to us and that's going to continue to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, amplifying the voices of people on the spectrum, uh, it's it, we have this great opportunity to be a, a platform for autistic people uh, to shine, and we don't want to get in the way of that. Uh, we just want to build the stage for them and, and step back and let them shine. So um, it's it's been uh, it's been really gratifying. Yeah, it's such a fun medium, especially you know we've all written books. We know that what a tedious process that can be. And then you're wait, you wait a year and a half to two years till it actually comes out. And, you know, and now it's like, Hey, I have this idea, let's record it. And I love that about this medium and and you can pivot and grow and develop and, and really finesse the product over time. And your audience will just go right along with it. You know, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Because it's, it's um, sincere. There's a sincerity there. And, I know writing my own book that the first draft of Journal of Best Practices for as much of a hopeful, delightful book as it became with help from an editor, the first draft was like dark humor, dark situations and uh, uh, woven in. And anytime, like to your point, anytime you're going to sit down and write a book, there's going to be a team of people saying, well, you shouldn't include this. Don't put, the, put this in there instead. And the book ends up becoming this very static thing. But this is allows you to be sincere, allows your personality to come through uh, because you're not using guarded language all the time. It's, uh, it's fun. And I, I can see why you've been doing this. I mean, five years, that's uh, what, 260 episodes or something that you've probably recorded. Uh, you don't do that because you don't enjoy it. You know, you, <laughs> you have to love doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell me then, do you have, I, when I launched my podcast, I had a list of 
my dream guests. I will happily say most of them I've I've had on at this point, but do you have kind of a wish list for either a couple of topics you really want to bring to the show or a couple of guests you really want to have on? I can jump right in on this. One of my dream guests is Greta Thunberg. Uh, as a matter of fact, two nights ago, uh, my wife and I watched the new movie, the documentary about her called I Am Greta. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was aware of her back when she was 14 or 15. She's 17 now. But she talks about her autism and Asperger's very openly from the perspective of, I do what I do. And my commitment is such a firm commitment because this is the way I think. Um, and this is the way I could raise her focus on something that I value and that's important to me. Um, so I think she represents a wonderful combination of understanding that her autism gives her the gifts, but she also understands the challenges and the difficulties that she's had in the past. So I would love, I'm, I'm, as a matter of fact, this morning I was Googling contact Greta Thunberg. Yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. a man now, but who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, if I have one dream guest, it's Scarlett Johansson for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> I've been, I've been calling and she won't answer. It's unbelievable. So maybe this, maybe appearing on this podcast will finally be the tipping point to me interviewing Scarlett Johansson without a single productive thing that I might ask her. <laughs> you never know. You just never know. Happen. That's great. Um, so for listeners who want to follow your work, listen to the podcast, can you share how they can tune in? And then any last thoughts before we say goodbye, anything you want to make sure they take away from this conversation? Yes. Our podcast, Uniquely Human, is available on, uh, it's available on all the platforms and going to uniquelyhuman.com. Every episode is there with show notes and more information about the music uh, from Matt Savage that, that gets pulled in and um, uh, more information about the topic and the guests. And, and we really want to make it like a hub and um, we publish every two weeks and it's also available. I mean, we, you can subscribe on all these platforms, but even from our own website, we're trying to build this community where you can sign up to be kind of in, in communication with us on a for lack of a better phrase, a uh, sort of like a, a mailing list, but it's, it's not that it's more about exchanging ideas. Right. And it's very interactive rather than just shoving newsletters down your throat. Uh, and then of course we have all the social media channels. So we've got Facebook covered uh, that's facebook.com slash uniquely human podcast. Uh, we're on Instagram and Twitter and uh, we, uh, Barry doesn't know this, but I've been working, tinkering in my little elf shop here. Uh, we are about to launch a YouTube channel where a lot of people listen to podcasts on YouTube throughout the workday. And um, this is something where uh, it'll be a very seamless thing to stay on YouTube and you can listen to Uniquely Human, the podcast on there as well. So Barry, uh, after this, we'll tie out and I'll show you what I've been working on. Okay, great. <laughs> Very thorough job, Dave. That's terrific. <laughs> it is. Well, thank That's you. Awesome. Awesome. Anything that you want to add before we say goodbye? Yeah. One, one lingering thought for me is that uh, I just feel so grateful because this has become, the podcast has become an incredible learning opportunity for me. So, you know, you go back to the well-worn cliche, once you've met one person on the spectrum, you've met one person on the spectrum. But I get to see after we interview people on the spectrum or talk about ideas out in the field, I really get to see how Dave has different opinions. Um, I won't get into the specifics, but that just happened with two guests that we have. One guest who's saying, I, I, I get upset when people with autism just make their whole life about autism. And then we interview another guest who says, I've made my whole life about autism. <laughs> and, 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 and Dave has feelings about that and thoughts about that. So for me, my learning is that, okay, now I'm seeing the shades, the different opinions, all people accurately diagnosed on the spectrum, but have very different opinions about how they lead their lives and how they make meaning of autism in their lives. To piggyback on that, my only two remarks are that this is what Barry just said. It's not at all by accident. It's by design. Barry's acceptance uh, and 
respect and reverence for the entire spectrum of experiences with autism is, is very sincere. And it's very important to him that all voices are at the table. Um, so he, he creates a very, I won't say neutral, but he creates a very a respectful, safe environment for all of these uh, voices and experiences to be heard. And we need those because uh, we, we can't just have a Wikipedia generalized version of autism uh, definition out there. Autism is as diverse as humanity itself, it seems. So, um, and then the, the second parting thought that I would have is <clears throat> Scarlett Johansson, my phone number, it's 720-254. Well, you know, I'll, I'll post it on the link if the, your managers can get a hold of me. And uh, let's do it. It's finally time. You know, we've been dancing around this. It's time we have you on the podcast. Well, well you know, if you've seen Marriage Story, you should send her the Journal of Best Practices. <laughs> hey, True. actually, now we're on to something here. Mm-hmm. That could be the connection right there. Right. <laughs> well, um, Barry and Dave, thank you so much for this conversation. I really enjoyed um, learning more about your work and and both of your books and also just what you're doing together, which I think is fantastic. I subscribed and I um, look forward to all of your episodes. So again, listeners, Uniquely Human is the podcast and all the links will be in the show notes pages. And thank you so much for coming by the podcast today. Thank you, Debbie. Thank you so much. This is so much fun. You've been listening to the Tilt Parenting Podcast. For the show notes for this episode, visit tiltparenting.com slash podcast and search for this conversation. If you like what you heard on today's episode, I would be grateful if you could take a minute to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating or a review. Thank you so much for helping us stay visible so people who would benefit from the show can easily find it. If you want to support the show and help me cover the cost of production, please consider joining my Patreon campaign. To support the show, just visit patreon.com slash tilt Lastly, if you aren't already part of the online community at Tilt, I invite you to sign up at tiltparenting.com on the box in the bottom where it says join the revolution. Every Thursday, I send out a short email with a quick note from me, a link to that week's podcast episode, and links to five stories from the news that week that are relevant to parents like us. Again, you can sign up and learn more about Tilt at www.tiltparenting.com. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.